to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Today's gospel is a continuation of last several days as we were meditating and reading on a particular type of truth that Jesus wanted to convey. And this truth is that he is the living bread that come down from heaven. He's the flesh that the Lord himself gives to, to us, the flesh. It is the body and the blood that he gives to us and that he wants to partake of because unless we eat that flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, we have no life in us. The difficulty here, as we can see, is that many of his disciples at that moment who are listening begin to say, this saying is hard. Who can accept it? How can those who are listening, as, as they begin to accept it more deeply, the teachings of Jesus, they begin to hear the, these words, a stumbling block for them. How can they partake of the flesh, the Son of Man, and drink his blood? How is it possible? And of course, Jesus does not say, this is not true. The only thing he says, does this shock you? Does this shock you? The whole teaching that he is the one who came down from heaven. He's the one, he's the Son of God. And not only that, but he leaves something to us of himself. He leaves him very self his body and blood, that we know that at the Last Supper, he took this bread and took the cup, says, this is my body, this is my blood. The body broken for us, as we know, on the cross, scourged, crowned with thorns, rejected, but also the blood outpoured, all the, the shedding of the blood which Jesus offered on our behalf and he wants to partake of this very life. So he takes bread and takes one, wine. This bread becomes the very powerful gift of the body and wine becomes his very blood. And so even though the, the disciples, many of them could not understand, they were murmuring about this. And, and, and the Lord looked at their faces and they, they were not only murmuring, but they were shocked. But the Lord says this, it, what if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? The truth is that incarnation took place. The Christ is, is someone who, yes, born of, of the Virgin. Yes, he is the son of the carpenter, Joseph. Yes, this is what they understood. But, but, but they could not grasp, they could not understand that he was, as St. John says from the very beginning, the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. Or as we hear the angel Gabriel pronouncing and, and announcing that, that he is the son of the most high God and he will be born by the overshadowing of the Holy Spirit and he'll be conceived in the womb of our Blessed Mother. This is part and parcel, this whole gift of Christ himself which the, the followers had difficulty accepting is because he also said, this is not only this is my body and this is my, my, my blood, 
to be partaken, but also that what if you were to see were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before, ascending back to the Father, back to the right hand of God the Father. And it is not for us something easy to grasp because it is the Spirit that gives life, which means we are to accept it, to accept this teaching, to accept it because it's the Holy Spirit that gives the very power within us to grasp, to receive, to understand. Because these words I have spoken to you are spirit and life. <clears throat> then the Lord continues, but there are some of you, the disciples who are following, not the 12, but some others, but there are some of you who do not believe. Jesus knew from the beginning the ones who would not believe and the one who would betray him, one of his disciples, which is Judas. For this reason, I have told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted him by my Father. So once again, the Lord says to, to those who are hearing, and of course we know that this is probably the moment when, when Judas himself realized that he's not gonna follow. He realized that for him, he wanted to have a political leader. He wanted to have somebody who would be, who would be great, who would re restore freedom to the Jewish people, to the, to, the, to the people of God. And of course, he realizes that, that he's not following. And yet it says here, the Lord says, that no one can come to me unless the Father gives him the grants him the gift of faith and understanding. Again, here, this is a mystery for us because we know that faith comes from hearing, comes from hearing the word of God, but it is even more. But faith comes from hearing is also a gift from God. So it's the gift that we are to ask for and receive. How many people today doubt in the presence of Jesus in the Eucharist? How many people look at from a perspective of symbolic? How many people say, well, you know, you know, we have to take it not literally, but we have to look at from the perspective, yes, he is the gift. But the Lord says very clearly today and is challenging us, challenging us that we are to accept him in that fullness of revelation. And he does not deny, he says, no, no, he doesn't say to the people, I, I don't really mean it. I didn't really mean to say that, that I am saying this literally. No, he did not say. He, said, he says, does this shock you? Does this disturb you? And then we know that the Lord continues and he looks at the disciples themselves and who says to them, uh, as many people are leaving him, they wanna return to their former way of life and no longer walk with Jesus. And Jesus then turns to the 12, he says, do you want to leave? Do you want also to leave? And Simon Peter answered him, master, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Who, to whom shall we go? We have come to believe and are convinced that you are the Holy One of God. We see Peter confessing the faith in Jesus. We have come to believe that you are the one, the Son of God. We have come to believe that whatever you say to us is the truth. So today for us, I know that this is invitation 
from the Gospels, which are always the words of God, are always coming to us, and they always challenge us to the deepest level. I think for us, we have to remember three things. One is that we have to ask for a deeper faith. Sometimes our faith may not be as strong. Sometimes doubts may creep in. And so we have to ask for a deeper faith, not only for ourselves, but for others. Because faith, yes, it comes from hearing, and somebody has to proclaim and teach it. But the Holy Spirit has to create within us this, this, this conviction, the deep conviction and sense that this, this is true, this is absolutely true, that the bread and wine become true body and blood of Christ. And that if we do not accept Jesus, do not welcome him, do not receive him, you, you know, in the sacramentally, uh, then we have no life in him. But even if, if we are, we are to welcome him even, even spiritually, like we make spiritual communion, it is still the conviction of the, of the faith. He is truly present, even sacramentally, not only sacramentally, but even spiritually, that he can come to me. So we have to ask for the gift of faith. We have to ask for the gift of faith for one another, for our children, for our grandchildren, whoever they may be, for our brothers, sisters, parents. We have to ask because I have seen sometimes that it's children who actually, young adult children who are bringing their, their, their families back to faith, their mothers and fathers. It should be the other way around. And yet sometimes it is, it is the children who do so because they have received the gift of faith. They, somebody else introduced them to faith because unless we live a life of faith, we will not introduce anyone to faith. And so that's the second point. Not only do we have to ask for the gift of faith, but we have to ask that we may live out our faith in such a way which becomes convincing to others that we are true believers, that we believe what the Lord says, that we believe what he says is true, not only in objective way, but in a subjective way, that I believe, that I believe, just like Peter says, I do believe. To whom shall we go? You have the words of everlasting life. And the third element of this whole gift that God gives us, besides asking for the gift of faith, living it out, is being able to also to introduce it to others, because then we become the proclaimers of the truth. We become the proclaimers. How do we proclaim with words? Yes, how do we proclaim with attitudes the way we have? How do we proclaim even in the world that's so politicized today that we are still remaining faithful to God? because it is the Spirit, the Spirit of God that gives us the gift. I remember once I heard a president of the country during the John Paul's visit, one of these you know, papal visits to a country, and he, kind of young as he was, uh, he wanted to sort of be associated with the Holy Father. And, 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 and the, the media picked it up and he says, you look like you wanted to be where the Pope is but you're agnostic, you're an atheist. How can you wish to even be? How do you want to wish to be associated with him? And I remember him giving a testimony. He says, you know, he says, I know that I would wish to believe, but I don't have the faith. I don't have the faith. Did he wish to believe because on account he saw something in John Paul? Did he, saw, did he see something in the people of God? who surrounded him, did he see something there? And he wanted to say, I would wish to believe, 
But you know what? I know this. If he really wanted to believe and if he really wished to believe and if he really genuinely asked the Lord for the gift of faith, I know that he will receive it. I know there will be a moment in his life when he will embrace it because I have met many people. I have met a young, young, young um, uh, student, a senior in high school who wanted to participate in a retreat that was given at this Catholic high school where he used to work. And, and, and she came late in the evening because we usually would have confessions late, uh, late on Saturday evening. Uh, and because of, of the, the way young people are, sometimes they're not ready and they're all up and you know, they're still alive late. And I remember that I waited for the last person to come to confession. And this, this young, young, young lady comes, 18 year old, maybe 17, I do not know. And she says to me, I do not know why I'm here because I don't believe, I don't believe. I was, we said, so, so how did you come here? Well, I was invited by my friends to participate in this, in this retreat, so I, I chose to come. And she opened her heart to me, she opened her heart to God. And I said, I said to her, if you today, you came to this retreat, if you ask the Lord in a genuine heart that you would wish to believe, he says, I know and I'm convinced that he will grant you the gift of faith. And I, I believe that she has received, if she genuinely asks, because, because it is we, we, from our experience, sometimes it's hard for us to believe, look, there are so many difficulties, you know, the, the, the sufferings and, and sometimes premature dying and, and you know, all kinds of, of uh, you know, terminal illnesses and, and difficulties that people face in their families, you know, divorces, all kinds of things that people have to go through. And it's not simple, it's not easy because our emotions are so involved, they're so dragged down, or sometimes we remember the past experience is the, the painful experiences of, of, of broken relationships of different types of emotional, spiritual type of abuses that, that occur, uh, all kinds of stuff that occurs and we remember. And so we, the, the first thing that happens to us is those powerful emotions overtake us. And we have a really hard time sometimes making sense or, or, or even accepting the Lord or accepting the truth of that he is with us, that he will always be with us. And so at that very moment, we have to turn to him, says, Lord, I know I'm blocked. I can't see th things through. It's such a darkness around me in my mind, in my heart. I can't grasp. The only thing I feel is, is, is being, uh, being sort of, uh, uh, you know, dragged by the evil one who questions and doubts. Is this, this is, is God is true? Is it not true? Maybe he doesn't even exist. He doesn't even hear you. Or, or is this, or, or even going to mass and going through the difficulties, even question doubt the very existence of God's presence in the Eucharist. And yet we have to ask, we have to ask. And this is why we have to ask. We have to open our hearts to the movement of grace. You know, in the diary of St. Faustina, Jesus says that I can't do these extraordinary things. I can't do these extraordinary miracles for those who do not believe in me, who receive me in the Eucharist as a dead object. So I can't, I can't do it. I, you know, I wish to bestow so many blessings upon people, but I can't do it when people do not have faith. They do not believe in me. And that's why sometimes we may have to say like St. Peter, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. And that becomes a prayer. And you know, as Peter today, we see in that first reading, you know, after the initial persecution of the early church by, by, by St. Paul, 
and then you know the the initial persecution of the death of of of, of uh, Saint Stephen's and all the other ones who were persecuted for the new way for following Christ. A period of of peace came. The church throughout all the Judea, Galilee, Samaria was at peace. Once Paul became a convert, once Paul received the grace of faith, once Paul received the grace of knowledge of Jesus and he became a, a pr proclaimer, he became a teacher, then, then the church throughout all Judea, Galilee began to experience peace. She was being built up and walked in the fear of the Lord and with the consolation of the Holy Spirit, she grew in numbers. She grew in numbers through the power of the Holy Spirit given to them. She grew in numbers because of the, of the of gathering for the breaking of bread, the Eucharist. They were nourished by the Eucharist and they grew. They grew in faith, they grew in numbers, they grew in merit because they became became faithful to, to the Lord. And so, and then we see how the Holy Spirit moved Peter. You know, as you know, he was the one who was also betrayer but the Lord gave him the opportunity to come back by saying, do you love me? Do you love me? And we know that Peter loved the Lord. And we see today several miracles. Peter walks past the different regions. He went to Lydda and there he found a name, name Aeneas, who had been confined to bed for eight years and he was paralyzed. Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up and make your bed the power of Christ's resurrection, the power of Christ's gift of himself in the Eucharist. Because when we're nourished by the Holy Spirit, we're nourished by the Eucharist, we have power. God gives us. Jesus acts and acts through, through Peter. Jesus Christ, and he is Jesus Christ heals you. I have been witness to, to various healings, extraordinary healings, healings that, that uh, were approved by the Holy by the church as miracles. I have seen many things like that, so therefore I see it that the Lord continues to act through his holy ones. You know, St. John Paul II, St. Faustina, we have, we have many others, St. Stanislaus today, even raising the child from the dead. You know, on, on, uh, on, April, on May 18th, we will speak about him. And, and again, again, the witness, that's the feast of St. Stanislaus, we pray each day at mass that he's the one patron of those in mortal danger. And we know he raised a child in a womb, uh, uh, which, which, which died, which shriveled. There's no more life. And yet he was the one, Peter today manifests this power, not only to heal, but then in Joppa, which is a poor city in the Mediterranean, there was a disciple named Tab Tabitha. She was completely occupied with good deeds and almsgiving. And now she fell sick and died. Since Lydda was near Joppa, the disciples hearing that Peter was there, they sent two men to him to request, please come without delay. So Peter goes there, all the widows are weeping. People are weeping because she was a good woman. She was a, she was a, a, a faithful woman, a full of good deeds, which means she was working on behalf of so many. So many cried and Peter went, knelt down and prayed. So there it is, she goes, he goes to that, to that bed, knelt down and prayed. How long did he pray? We do not know. But at the end of that prayer, convinced within his heart, he says, Tabitha, rise. 
rise, get up, not get up because of, 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 of illness, but rise, rise to life because she was dead. She opened her eyes, saw Peter and sat, and he gave her his hand and raised her up. And when he, he had called the holy ones and the widows, he presented her life. He, then he called everyone. The widows were crying for her, all the holy ones, all the believers. This became known all over Joppa, and many came to believe in the Lord. The power of God were at work within us who believe. And I know I'm saying there's not because we believe, but God gave us the grace. He strengthens us by reading, by contemplation of the word, by the Eucharist, by the gift of the Holy Spirit. He gives us, he gives to each one of us. Does not, the Lord does not ration his gifts. He wants to give us everything. But as the, as the diary says, as Jesus says to St. Faustina, the vessel with which I wish to bestow upon you these extraordinary blessings is the vessel of trust. The greater the trust, the greater the blessings you receive. Trust is believing in God, believing in Jesus who says that what he says is true, that the Eucharist is true, that there is true body and blood of Christ, that we don't have to doubt. And if we doubt, let us, that we have to ask the Holy Spirit and our Lord Jesus to grant us a gift of profound and deep, deep love for him. So may we then, through this Eucharist that we celebrate today, that the Lord may strengthen us and through the intercession of Our Lady, that we may be granted the gift of deep and profound faith that she had, deep and profound trust that she had. Yes, it's a gift from God, but it's also a gift that the Lord wishes us to seek and to, to nourish and to strengthen so that one day we shall share the gift of eternal life in, in the portals of heaven, in the paradise God prepared for us. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.